Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast in the class today is sponsored in, uh, in honor of his children and wishing the entire Kahalat Slaha by Eliyahu Akim Ben Fortuna. Hazako Baruch, if you'd like to sponsor the class and the breakfast, you're more than welcome to contact us either here on uh, WhatsApp or through the, uh, the synagogue office. The Pasuk says, Vayifga Bamakom. Yaakov Avinu, he reaches this place and uh, he realizes that the sun has gone down and he needs to take, and he needs to sleep, he's exhausted. He hasn't slept in a very, very, very long time and the result of this exhaustion makes him lie down in this place, which he later regrets, as Yaakov says. But I want to focus just on one thing. Vayikach me'avnei makom, And he took, it says, from the stones of the place and he put it by his head and, and he lies down on these stones. Now, the Chachamim point out that these stones, it was a miraculous thing. He finds plural. He takes from the stones and then it says, what does he do with that stone, singular? And he puts this stone, singular, under his, under his head, which illustrates that the many stones became one. Interestingly enough, this miracle, which doesn't seem something which needs to happen, we know we have a general rule in Torah that says that if God doesn't need to perform a miracle, He doesn't. Why? Because miracles mess with the fabric of an olam hazeh. Our world is supposed to be one where you don't see God every second so that you can actually have a chance to make free will choices for yourself. If every time you see a miracle non-stop, there's no way that a person has an opportunity to even think that he could get away with it. So it doesn't allow for the space for people to make choices because of their own free will. And it makes people make choices only because of reward or punishment. If that's true, that is true, but it takes, a person has to decide to see it that way. Okay? So the question here is, why does God do this? It sounds very strange. Rab Chatzkel Abramsky offers a very interesting answer, which... So, simultaneously gives us a beautiful lesson, but also addresses this question. The Gemara says, the Midrash says in Bereshit uh, Rabbah, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Nehemi of Rabbanan. Rabbi Yehuda says, how many stones were there that he took? Shtev Esre Avanim Natal. Twelve. Why? To represent the twelve stones, twelve tribes that would eventually be his children. Okay? Rabbi Nehemia says, Natal Gimel Avanim. He took three stones. Rabbanan Amri, the rabbis explain, Mi'ut Avanim Shnaim. Now they're arguing over how many stones, but the real question is, who cares? Right? Isn't that an interesting thing? There was a, there was a TV show a while ago about it. It was called, uh, um, uh, I forget exactly the name of the TV show. It's, um, I'm forgetting it now, but they were, people would act out different scenes for comedy, you know. Whose line is it anyway? And the catchphrase of the show was, right, you get points for everything, but the points don't matter. So they would count points and the points are irrelevant. Who cares how many stones there were? The answer is every time we learn about an idea like this and we're given something, that fact or that idea or that number is meant to represent something to us. So as an example, the opinion that said there was 12 shivatim, there were 12 stones representing the 12 shivatim, you know what's coming to communicate? It's telling us that Yaakov was being told that his 12 sons, even though initially that they would be individuals, eventually would come the time where they would be brought together and lie under his head. When does that happen? 
at the end of the whole fight with the brothers and Yosef, when they finally come down to Egypt and they lay him to rest. And Yaakov would be laying to rest. He would be laying to rest by 12 children that eventually had become one again. Beautiful. The second idea, Rabotai, let's go to the last idea. Let's go to the last idea. The last idea is Rabbanan say mute avanim shenaim. Actually, the minimum amount when you say stones, plural, how many is it? How many is plural? Plural is two, at least two. So Rabbanan say two. So either the answer is that the point that Rabbanan was that they were trying to say that the two, these two stones became one to illustrate to Yaakov Avinu that this was a place that he was supposed to stop. So he, by seeing the miracle, Yaakov would stay there. So maybe that's an idea. Or there are other interpretations. But I want to find, focus on the last one. The middle opinion is Rabbi Nehemiah. Rabbi Nehemiah says, Natal Gimel Avanim. So Rabbi Chatzkel explains that what are the three Avanim? Shiloshah Odea, we say on the night of Pesach. What do the three people stand for? The three Avot. Now plug in the three Avot into the conversation that the Midrash brings. The, the Midrash says that Rashi brings these three, these stones, Hetchilu Mirivot Zuimzu. They started arguing one with another. Zotomeret, one stone would say, The Sadiq, he should put his head on, ma, on me. The next text one says, It should be on me. He made them one stone. And this is what it means when it says, And Yaakov woke up in the morning, and he took the singular stone that he put under his head. What's it trying to say? Listen to this, this is beautiful. He says that it's these three stones, when we talk about stones, we talk about in the tefillah, we say, The stone that the builders discarded, they threw away, became the cornerstone. Asks, says Rav Hatzkel, he explains, that these three stones refer to the three sadiqim. And each sadiq was saying, when Yaakov is now lying down on this epic journey to go build the Jewish people, each one of the avot is saying, Which character trait does a sadiq need to put his head on? Does he put all of his investment in? Avraham Avinu, the first cornerstone of the Jewish people says, Chesed. Yitzchak says, no, what are you talking about? On me, Yaakov, Yitzchak is Din, Givurah. Finally, Yaakov says, the third cornerstone, he says, Torah. Each one of them was a different Amud. And each one says, Rosho. On that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Asa'an HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Even Achat. He made them one stone. That if a person is trying to be a Sadiq in this world, they cannot excel in any one of these without the others. And that, my friends, becomes one of the most famous teachings in all of Pirkei Avot. To have one without the other is impossible. Unfortunately, many of us have met one or the other or the other. You've all met someone that says to you, you know what, Rabbi? You know what, Rabbi? I don't think you need to really learn Torah or be religious in order to be a good person. You just have to be nice to everybody. You have to be adeve. You have to get, invite people into your house. You have to do that. That's a person who thinks, You can only put your head on the pillow of kindness. It's not true. 
Number one, without the Torah, how do you decide how you're kind, who you're kind to, what the boundaries of kindness are, who you're not allowed to be kind to? Moving, moving on to the next one, you have some people that they're the people of Avodah. They say to you, Rabbi, you know what? I don't really need to get involved in all this. I'm very spiritual. Me and God, we're very, I have a very close connection with God. I'm not making fun. I believe that they do have that. But that's also not enough. Because you know what? The laws of love and the laws of relationship dictate that you cannot have a relationship with someone else on your terms. The only way you can have a relationship with someone else is on their terms. They have to have a relationship with you on your terms. But if you love someone the way you want to be loved, they don't feel connected to. They feel like you're engaging in this for whatever purposes you have. Borei Olam tells you, this is how you love me. This is what the Torah looks like. This is what connection looks like. What does this spiritual, I'm a spiritual person. Hashem says, Azahu Baruch, I don't know what you're connecting to, but it ain't me. The last thing is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you find someone who's putting his, pillow, his head on the pillow of Torah. You have people sometimes, unfortunately, they're very wise people. They learn a lot of Torah. But they're terribly lacking in Midot. And they're terribly lacking in spiritual connection. In their, work, in their internal avodah, the work of the heart, the work of tefillah, the work of midot. And they think, unfortunately, they think, unfortunately, that you can have one without the other. But that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says. Asa'an HaKadosh Baruch Hu even achat. The question I asked you earlier is why does God do a miracle that's unnecessary? Now I think we begin to understand. If Yaakov looked at these stones, if we as Amisar look at these stones and we recognize what they stand for, if ever there was a miracle that was necessary, it was God Himself coming to say, not this one by itself, and not this one by itself, and not this one by itself, but Al Shilosha Devarim Aulam Omed, Ala Torah, Ve'ala Avoda, La Gimilut Hasadi, Rabbi Halinam and